0: What's going on, everyone? You are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, here on the Decoding Success Podcast. Now today, we are bringing to you an individual that exemplifies hard work, an individual that exemplifies how you can achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve in life, an individual that will straight up kick your ass in a good way, or in a bad way if you don't watch yourself. And I think that is just about enough hyping up because today we are joined by the wildly popular creator of the best-selling fitness series P90X and most recently his 22-minute military inspired workout, 22-minute Hard Corps. Today we are joined by my guy Tony Horton. Now Tony is a world-class motivational speaker and the author of top-selling books Bring It, Crush It, and his latest motivational book, The Big Picture, which features 11 laws that will drastically change your life. He has appeared on countless television programs as a fitness and lifestyle expert to promote healthy living through exercise and proper nutrition. For the past 25 years, Tony has used his unique brand of humor to change the lives of tens of million people through his incredible fusion of motivation, physical exercise, nutrition, and discipline. From world-class athletes, pro sports teams, celebrities, and the U.S. military to corporate execs, couch potatoes, and busy moms and dads, high performers alike, Tony has what it takes to reach and teach Everyone Now, Tony believes that real and lasting change can happen when we commit to health as a lifestyle. Now, that's a key. Committing as a lifestyle, exercise, whole foods, and the right mindset is the formula that leads to a vibrant, productive, and full life for anyone who focuses on being the best they can be. And today, Tony is joining us right here on Decoding Success to shine a light on his experiences, his life lessons, his keys to success, and Everything in between. Now on top of all of the value being brought to you right here through the content of this episode, and I'm telling you, Tony is really bringing some fire today. We partnered with two amazing companies to deliver you even more value. So, are you looking to effectively and affordably scale your business? Listen, at the end of the day, entrepreneurship is hard. It's glorified everywhere, but when you're in the trenches, you sure do feel the pressure. Luckily, I came across Gen M, which is a database of remote marketing interns that are helping you scale your marketing efforts with a dedicated intern for your business. Utilizing Gen M at 1B Branding here in New York City has been an absolute game changer to say the least. So if this piqued your interest, you can check out Gen M through the link in the show notes of this episode. Now, no extra time. That's exactly what net time means, and I know you've heard me speak on net time here. And when we find ourselves in the gym, in between sets, driving, or on the bus, or the train to work, waiting for the doctor to call us into an appointment, we have extra time. During that time, we find ourselves scrolling through social, texting BS to the group chat. Do you feel me? Do you get what I'm getting at here? Luckily, podcasts have been a great way to optimize your net time, and on top of podcasts, so is Audible and fortunately enough for our listeners here today at Decoding Success, right here, right now, we have partnered with Audible to deliver you a free audiobook of your choice to claim this free book on their platform for free ninety nine, literally free with no strings attached. Head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success. And now without further ado, we bring to you Tony Horton. Tony, first and foremost, I am super excited to have you here, excited to learn from you and amplify your message. So thank you. I'm extremely grateful for this opportunity.
1: Well, it's my pleasure, Matt. Uh, I've heard some of your stuff and uh, you're fired up and you're living a dream and uh, you're spreading the word and I'm, I'm glad I'm part of it.
0: Thank you, man. Listen, we're making it happen. So first question for you is personally, how do you define success?
1: Ah, oh, wow! You know, right out of the box, man, you went for the big one. I, I think success is a combination of a lot of things, really. You know, and off the top of my head, you know, and I, I, it's not necessarily financial. You know, I mean, I, I don't think that's the most important thing. You know, how many things you have, how much money in the bank, what kind of car you drive. I think that's that is an old, antiquated way of looking at it. And I think success is is really uh, anybody who's enjoying the life that they've always wanted to have. You know what I mean? Like if you look at. Uh, your objectives and your goals and things that are important to you. You know, if you're fulfilling your purpose on earth, regardless of what that is, if you're a park ranger or you're a fitness trainer or you're a, an accountant, I don't know what it is, but if you wake up every day and you're pretty fired up about what you're doing and you're at least comfortable, you know, I mean, you're not freaking out about money or insurance or, or Armageddon or whatever it happens to be. You know, you really kind of feel like that you're in the groove. You're in the moment. You're feeling present. Um, you've got great company around you. Um, you're able to take some vacations once in a while, find the downtime, get a little yoga in, some meditation. You know, it's for me, I think success truly is finding balance. If I had to pick one word to describe it, I think balance is the most important thing because most people are, not most people, but a lot of people are, are burning the candle at, at both ends and uh, aren't really truly in the groove. They're not really living their purpose. They're struggling, you know, uh, because they, they're afraid of fear. They're, they're, they're afraid of success or failure or a combination thereof. And, um, you know, and just figuring out what it is, I read a book, uh, uh, Keith Ellis's book, The Magic Lamp, years ago. You know, I did a lot of personal development when I was first starting out, stuff I didn't get back in high school and college. And, and The Magic Lamp really helped me focus it on what I needed to do and who I needed to be and, and to stop wasting my time and, you know, answer some simple questions about the kind of, you know, life that I want to have and the amount of time and energy I want to put into it. And uh, ever since, you know, I've been going full guns and, and in general, you know, I mean, I've got stress like everybody else and some days aren't perfect. And, you know, some days I got knee problems, back problems, not enough sleep, dehydrated, malnourished, I don't know, whatever it is. But for the most part, I've got a formula. I mean, I wrote a book called The Big Picture, which is 11 laws that'll change your life. They changed mine. And I try to follow those 11 laws each and every day.
0: I love that. I love that. Now, let me ask you, you know, you mentioned balance. How do you find yourself staying on track to achieve balance in your life? Well,
1: you know, obviously the foundation of who I am and the foundation of what I've been able to create over the last 35 years is based in exercise and diet. You know, those are the two things that I can control. There's a lot of things that are outside of my control, whether family, you know, government decisions, uh, you know, what... what Putin's doing today. I, you know, there's so many things that are outside of my control, but I can control what I put in my mouth and whether I move or not. And so, as a result of doing those two things, I'm changing my brain chemistry the moment I do it. I, I change the way my brain functions. I'm releasing norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, something called brain-derived neurotropic factor. You know, all these things that kind of control your attitude and your mood and your memory and your and your your willingness to have the 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 vim and vigor to get after life, right? So that's part of it, you know, exercising, eating right, right? I stay off the the fat, sugar, salt, and chemicals. I exercise five to six days a week. I have lots of variety. I think variety is really important. I have variety in the various types of uh, uh, career planes that I'm on, the kinds of friends that I have, the um, the way I, I, you know, the way I'm always trying trying to reinvent, the way I think about everything in my life, you know, I try not to, I try to get out of the the typical rut that a lot of people get into, you know, like they fall into a groove and it works temporarily, whether it's their diet or their exercise routine or the kind of people they are around or whatever their philosophy or whatever that is. I'm always, you know, looking to see how I can improve and upgrade things. Um, And then the simple things like, you know, hydration It's just making sure that I, you know, I don't drink alcohol or coffee. I haven't done that in years and years and years. Those two things don't serve me, you know? So, I mean, it's, 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 sparkling water and water and tea. I mean, I try not to consume calories uh, through through a liquid form. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. And then, you know, it's fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins and healthy fats on the diet end. And then meditation has become a big part of my life. You know, because if I'm going to like this morning's workout was was 20 sets of chest and back and we're on a ninja course and we're climbing up ropes and we're you know, we're doing fingertip pull-ups and these, you know, crazy pipe presses and, and these, you know, reverse wall climb push-ups. I mean, it's just a monster. And so I'm going to need, and they make sure that I've got the right nutrition. Um, I'm meditating on a regular basis, and I'm doing plenty of yoga. Because at 61 years old, you know, it, it's, it's a more complicated equation. When you're younger, you know you're, you're, you know, you're more like a rubber ball. You can kind of bounce yourself all over the place and, and survive and recover quickly. And, you know, my recovery time um, has got to be spent where I'm, you know, doing things like getting in a jacuzzi, uh, taking, you know, uh, ice baths and getting in an infrared sauna and using my foam roller and getting in my teeter hang up thing and, and all you know, all of the various things so I can come back the next day and not feel like I've been, you know, I don't want to, you know, the idea here is to feel better, get stronger, feel young and not jack up my joints and hurt my spine and 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 be in pain all the time so you know balance is is that for me you know and then the other thing too is what we were talking about earlier is you know waking up every day and being really excited about a lot of the projects that i'm in the middle of doing you know making sure that i'm working with the right kind of people and you know one of the conversations that i had with a friend recently was is the the importance of communicating what it is that you need um, and being very specific and being very articulate about how you use your language and how you communicate with people. And knowing your audience, you know, I mean, the way you talk to some people are gonna be different than the way you talk to others. I mean, sometimes it's gonna require some tough love. Other times it's gonna be, you know, you're gonna to have to act, act like, a, like a therapist for, with some folks. And um, you know, asking for what you need and using the right words and being real, really articulate, articulate and specific has a lot to do with with people's success. You know, I um, mean, I was watching the debates the last couple of days, and I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, it really depends on the type of rhetoric that these candidates use to draw attention to themselves, so more people will dip into their pocketbook and send them money. And the ones that are, you know, that are sharp, that are quick, that have really great ideas, they can counterpunch you know, those are the ones that are getting the most attention. And, and, and I think success and balance comes from your ability to ask for what you need and using the right words to do it.
0: For sure. Now, Tony, first and foremost, I have to acknowledge and give you credit for how damn good you look at 61. God bless you. You're, you're literally crushing the game. And on <laughs> top of that, you mentioned your workouts. I have to throw this out there. I did P90X uh, a few years ago. Now, i played sports my entire life. I'm 26 years old. Day two, I threw up. So, I know how intense... (laughs) They
1: say two plyometrics,
0: so that makes sense, yeah. That's exactly what it was. And I'm in the gym, and um, listen, there's some good-looking women in this gym. And I'm in the gym, and I'm doing it. I have it open on my laptop. And next thing you know, I'm over at the freaking garbage can. So, I know how intense your workouts are. And listen, they're absolutely amazing. But I have to ask you, you know, you mentioned the two things you can control, right? Exercise and diet. What caused you to understand this, right? Like you didn't come out of the womb and just be like, Oh shit. Like I need exercise and diet, right? Those are the two things I can control. What piqued your interest in that is what I'm asking.
1: I think a lot of it was trial and error, you know, and a lot of, a lot of it was some of the literature that I was, I was reading. And I would say a good percentage of it was a lot of the people that I was meeting back in the, in the, early to late 80s. And, you know, a lot of this was self-discovery, you know, like somebody was calling me the A. Lincoln of fitness. You know, I mean, I was just, I was self-taught a lot of it, you know, and, and one of the things that i learned early on and, you know, I, for example, one of the books that I read was Spark, like John Rady's book, Spark, and he talks about the effects of physical fitness on the human brain, right? And so, You know, I mean, these are my words, not his. But he basically explained that if you're exercising periodically, like if you're not consistent with it, um, and this was true for me, this was true for the people that I was training, I understood that if you wanted to do, if you wanted to improve, if you wanted results, if you wanted to get better, if you wanted to be, you know, if you wanted the body that you wanted, you had to be consistent. It's like everything else. You know, most people are in what I call a survival mode, right? They're doing whatever they need to do to pay their bills, to get to work, to eat, see them, you know, get a decent amount of sleep and and just kind of, survive. And so, you know, my whole thing was I don't, surviving is what everybody else is doing and that doesn't really excite me very much. So how do I thrive? And being consistent with exercise in my diet allowed me to thrive because it changed the way my brain worked purely about, purely because of the fact that I was just taking in, you know, these, all this oxygen, oxygenated blood from cardio exercises and plyo and yoga and, you know, high paced, Hit training kind of exercises. And so it was stimulating my brain. It was, change, it was literally changing the, the way I looked at the world. It, it changed my desire to want to work harder and created a level of discipline. And that was purely as a result of, of doing those two things, getting off the alcohol, cutting back or cutting out the coffee, getting all away, away from lousy food and exercising regularly. And, and when, you know, when you've experienced that to a certain extent, it's like anything else it's, it's a bit of an addiction you know i mean why not have an addiction that that you control right so there are there are there are forces external forces and and your internal reaction to those forces or internal forces i guess and so you know people want to use drugs and alcohol and coffee and and porn i don't know whatever it is to sort of you know have a temporary high but there's always a negative outcome to that. Right. It's not like you can sustain that for, for very long, not for not not for a lifetime. But when you when you, you know, use a source within yourself, you know, you can call it what you want. You can call it discipline or, or planning or setting goals or any combination thereof. Then then you have you know, you have a more authentic, real, earned quality of life. You know, you, you tell anybody who starts a yoga hour and a half hatha flow class, there's very few that are really fired up to do it before they start. I mean, you know, you, you know you're going through these salutations and you warrior one, warrior two, crescent pose, half moon, blah, blah, blah. You know, a lot of people who don't you do yoga regularly or are not hypermobile are struggling. But the feeling that you have in shavasana when you're done is it's like heaven. I mean, it's, it's like you smoked a bowl, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's just a completely, but that's something that you, you earned. You had, to, you had to do a bunch of physical things and breathe really hard and be uncomfortable to get there. And that to me is a much more satisfying thing. So, you know, that I started to learn that in the 80s and in the 90s and I've, you know, I've tried to be fairly consistent, you know, for the last 30 plus years.
0: Well, you've Got definitely been very consistent. Yeah, you've been extremely consistent. And that's exactly what I want to talk about. I want to talk about consistency because this is personally one of my downfalls. I always blame it on my lack of time, which is really me not dedicating enough time or not waking up early enough. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs in general can resonate with what I'm about to say. We, you know, high performers in general, and I'm sure obviously you, you've you heard this too and you've seen it firsthand, you know, so what's your advice for the people who quote unquote hustle and bustle to maintain a healthy lifestyle. What advice would you give us?
1: Uh, It's prioritizing, you know, it's prioritizing. And it's three things in particular. Number one, it's your reason why you know, purpose, reason, why, why are you exercising? What's the thing? I mean, if you're doing it for aesthetic reasons, if you're doing it for your ego, if you're doing it to sort of compare yourself to the past, your expectations of the future or what people say about you, then that's all ego based and you'll probably fail. I mean, that'll work temporarily. If you know, you're trying to take a before or after picture for some program you're doing, or you want to look good in a wedding dress on your wedding day, or, you know, your goal is is to bench, you know, 275, you know, but these are, these are ephemeral temporary goals that aren't sustainable. Because it's all about fictitious numbers—the fictitious numbers on the scale, the fictitious numbers on the on the tape measure, um, and the fictitious numbers on how much you lift and how many reps you're going to do. Right? So, what if you what if you change your perspective completely and you understood that if I just exercise and I do my best and I forget the rest and the numbers aren't as important, but I just work as hard as I can without hurting myself, and I do that five to six days a week, then yeah, the aesthetic thing is going to happen. You're going to look a whole lot better, but then you're going to have this athletic, skill-based, durable body, uh, and the improved biochemical stuff that's going on in your head. On top of that, and that happens the day you do it. Yesterday, I got—I did cardio for 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 50 minutes, and I did I did the bike, I did the versa climber. I mean, these are five minutes each: five minutes on the bike, five minutes on the versa climber, five minutes on the treadmill, five minutes on the rower five minutes on the heavy bag, five minutes on the jump rope, five minutes on my skier, around and around I go. Because that way I'm avoiding the boredom and the injuries and plateaus from just, you know, being on one of those things for 50 minutes, which I'd rather, you know, shoot my head off than, than spend 50 minutes on a VersaClimber, you know what I mean? But if I hunker down and I do my five minutes, boom. That's what I planned. 530 on Wednesdays that, you know, like that's priority one. My assistant, my wife, my friends, my family know that's what I'm doing at that time. I announce it to the world and I invite people to come. So there's my accountability. I got two other guys in the room, my buddy, Steve, my buddy, David. Hey, you guys, two days in advance. What are you doing on Wednesday? It's our, it's our cardio thing. Are you out of town? I know it's summer. One of them was vacationing. So it was just David and I yesterday. So I plan this stuff out. So I know what my purpose is. I want to be better today repeat 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 until I'm 105 and then after that who cares right oh and what's my plan Mondays I do plyo at six o'clock Tuesdays I'm doing shoulders and arms um at at, at 7 Wednesdays is cardio like I said last night today was chest and back my favorite day rope climbing ninja course you know all the, all the craziness that I do in the backyard Friday's either a day off or it's another kind of plyometric core day Saturday's always yoga I go to Malibu right now nine o'clock in the morning. It's a 40 minute drive. I could rather sleep in and have brunch, but no, I know the, I know the importance of yoga. So I get in my damn car and I drive all the way to Malibu and I have my ass handed to me and I freaking do it. And then Sunday is my three and a half, four hour backyard ninja gymnastic handstand press rope climbing, you know, thing. And I just, I got my purpose I know my plan, it's scheduled in advance, and I invite a bunch of people to come to attend every one of them. And so that's who I am. I mean, I'm a a damn fitness trainer. I'm supposed to look ridiculously good at 61. I mean, you know, there's so many people in my industry and other industries that don't walk the walk. They don't talk the talk. They're just, they're full of crap, you know what I mean? And their life is filled with smoke and mirrors, and half the things they say uh, to tell other people to do, they don't do themselves. So it's a whole lot easier just to do, just to follow the rules. You know, I mean, the Ten Commandments have worked really well for a whole lot of people. The 12 steps have done wonders to get people off of alcohol and drugs. My 11 laws are simple things that allow you to do the, you know, to figure out how to be happy. You know, that's in the constitution, the pursuit of happiness. I don't do all this stuff so I can be miserable and in pain and, you know, keep up with the Joneses. I do all this stuff just because I'm 61. I maybe got 30 years left and they're going to go like that. So I'm going to do what I got to do to be one happy, fit, flexible, productive human. Being.
0: Yeah, for sure. Listen, you're doing it. And I think that's a great tip you gave to really defeat boredom when it comes to cardio by switching machines. It's something I've never done before. In fact, I've done, you know, an hour on a machine before and I've done an hour on a bike outdoors, whatever the case is, it does get boring to a point. So I appreciate that actionable advice. And, you know, it leads me to ask you this, what caused you to catch the entrepreneurial bug and put out, you know, the P90 series and everything that came after that?
1: Well, I I wasn't, I wasn't wired to work for the man. I never was. I mean, I've had those kinds of jobs, but I also had a lot of jobs when I was still broke where I was, you know, I was a handyman. That was my little business. I was a carpenter. That was my business. You know, I was a, I was a street performer. That was, you know, me controlling my income and my hours. And that's what I always gravitated to. You know, the whole fitness thing was a fluke. I, I just started training my boss. One of the jobs that I had because I was a young actor was working as a production assistant at 20th Century Fox. And as an actor, you know, my agent said, hey, look, you're looking a little pudgy. You know, this is really before I was getting into it. And, um, you know, I played pick up hoop or I'd play sandlot football or, you know, whatever. Um, but I wasn't training. I wasn't, you know, doing specific exercises on certain days. That came later, you know, uh, when I moved out to California and then I saw that everybody was doing something, you know, they were skiing and, and and snowboarding and surfing and playing volleyball and taking aerobics classes. And there were gyms on every corner. And then, you know, and then I signed up for at World Gym and there's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno in there working out. And so I just was fascinated by the culture and that didn't exist on the East Coast when I was younger. It, that kind of exists everywhere now. If you, if you look, you don't have to look that hard for it. But, you know, that was it for me initially. And I was training my boss and um, and I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't certified, but I, and I'd go to the gym and I'd take notes and I'd beg, borrow and steal from other people. And my boss lost 45 pounds and he introduced me to Tom Petty and I got Tom Petty ready for a tour. And, you know, he went from completely and thoroughly out of shape to ripped and You know, his voice improved, his stamina improved, you know, everything about his life improved. And so the phone rang off the hook and all of a sudden now I'm training all these rock and rollers and stuff and movie stars. You know, just one of these slow 10-year progression type things where, you know, you just, oh, and now Billy Idol's calling me. And, oh, now Stephen Stills from Crosby Stills Nash and Annie Lennox from Eurythmics and Sean Connery and uh, Shirley MacLaine and Bryce Dallas Howard. And all of a sudden, you know, this was my day and I didn't have to wait tables. I didn't have to do mime at the pier anymore. I didn't have to build table, you know, um, be a plumber or handyman or anything else. And so it was kind of a really cool journey. And then at the same time, I was an actor, you know, I mean, I was going on auditions and trying to get gigs and I'd get little parts and commercials or little parts in movies. And, and that's the reason why, you know, that combination of those two things, these two careers were going off in two different directions. And then the first time I got a job as an actor and a trainer was with Nordic Track, and I would fly out to Minneapolis and, um, and shoot these little things. And I could walk and chew gum and hit my mark and not have to do 45 takes and you know because i was comfortable in front of a camera and i also was fit and i had a certain at that point i was certified and i had a certain knowledge about you know general kinesiology and exercise science etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you know and then i met the uh, the ceo of uh, now ceo of, of beach body carl deichler and you know it was a, a fledgling little company and the whole thing was in a closet and it was three employees and we did something called Great Body Guaranteed, and it worked, and then we did Power 90 after that, and it worked, and then from Power 90, we said, hey, let's make it harder, <laughs> which was insane, but we did it. And we, 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 we made the truth, because at that time, all fitness was, excuse my French, bullshit. Like, do this <laughs> little thing for 10 minutes, three days a week, you know, and then they got a bunch of fitness models on there using this piece of crap that you bought that would end up at the bottom of your driveway at a garage sale in three months. You know what I mean? And we just said, hey, we're going to kick your ass six days a week. These workouts are an hour. And we're going to make you eat vegetables. You in or not? And 11 million people were. And so that's how that went.
0: Wow, it's amazing. Congratulations on all the success thus far. And, you know, I have to ask this. What did you learn from being in proximity of, you know, the petties and the Conneries and the Arnolds and the Lou's?
1: Yeah, the, you know, those folks put their their pants on just like everybody else, but, you know, they follow the rules as well. You know, they had a plan, and they fell down and got up a million times. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, any of those folks were, you know, were superstars in high school or college or years after that. They just found their passion, and they found their purpose, and, and they loved what they did, and they understood that the process was a bitch, and, and but they just kept going. You know, that's the case. I mean everybody would have more money, everybody would have more set, success, everybody would have phenomenal relationships, everybody would travel the world if they just, you know, grew a pair. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. all you got to do. I mean, most people are scared. They're just scared and it doesn't go well the first or second or third time and they're out and they jump from one silly idea or food diet or or program or relationship to another because they're not willing to put in the time and effort to stick it out and they surround themselves quite often with all the wrong people and you cannot be successful in any category of your life if everybody around you is a loser you know what i mean i mean you gotta you gotta clear the decks you gotta you gotta eliminate the chaff and i've done that i mean there have been people in my life who i've tried to help who've been around who just drag me down like hey man you're you're, you're not here at the workout because you're hungover. You get one more of those and you're done. Oh, you're, you're hungover and you didn't come to the workout again. I'm sorry, man. Go find some other people to hang out with because I don't want you around. I don't need you around. And I don't mind having those conversations. And, and the same thing with business. It's like, hey, I've asked you three times to do this thing. You know what your job is. That's what you're getting paid to do. And you somehow didn't do it, or and or screwed it up. Like what? Why? Why do I want to be in a partnership with you? Explain this to me. I don't understand that. Hey, good luck. But we got to part ways, and and best of luck, because I got to go find some people who want to kick ass and take names. You know what I mean? And that's we're we're back to having that those kinds of, that kind of language and specificity and the ability to be able to ask for what you need. I mean, life is truly asking for what you need and and keeping your expectations fairly low because if your expectations are too high, you're gonna be disappointed all the time and you're never gonna be able to finish anything, right? So it's a learning process. It's not like you go from first grade to grad school. First grade is a whole damn year. Second grade, a whole damn year. Third grade, a whole damn year. But people wanna be fit and ripped in 23 days. Come on. You know I mean? Understand reality. Too many people live in a fantasy world and their expectations are way too high. And they're often disappointed and they can't figure out why they're sad, depressed and unhappy. You know, I mean, it's math really when you think about it.
0: No, it certainly is. It certainly is. And you know, back on the topic of business, what do you feel has you know, been the biggest lesson or biggest takeaway from entrepreneurship for you?
1: Failure is real and uh, and learn from it. And hopefully you don't make that, whatever, you don't make those kinds of mistakes more than twice. And that happened to me a, a lot. I went at, when I, after I became successful through a lot of other people's hard work uh, in conjunction with mine, because I was, you know, if you look at the success of, of, of Power 90, P90X, X2, X3, 22-minute hardcore, I, I was the I was the hired gun. I was the subcontractor that showed up to the, who created the program who showed up and shot the workouts and then was part of the sales pitch. But there, were, there was a huge machine behind me that made all that happen. You know, I didn't create any of that stuff. I mean, I created the workouts and whatever, but I didn't, I didn't do the media buys. I didn't ca- hire the camera people. You know, I didn't pay the salaries. I didn't do any of those things. So I wasn't really technically an entrepreneur at that point. And so I thought, oh, wow, look at this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a winner. I can do anything. I have 23 failed businesses behind me. Because, you know, when you're when you're well known as a C-minus celebrity, as I call myself, people, <laughs> you know, knock on your door and they want to have you, you know, a lot of times, you know, whether it be well-known, established businesses, like I tried to do a deal with Under Armour and we couldn't come to an agreement because, you know, I just we couldn't. And then I did another thing with 7-Eleven, which I thought was going to be the biggest thing human beings and there was a lot of internal battles within the organization that prevented us to do what we wanted to do and then i did a thing with 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 mouth guards and insoles and tv pilots and failure 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 you know and a lot of there's a lot of lawyers fees mixed in amongst all those failures and you know hundreds of thousands of dollars came flying out of my pocket and they amounted to to nothing you know but so what you know, I mean, so what? I don't live in a van down by the river. You know, I mean, I have a I have two homes. I'm I've got enough money in the bank when those kinds of things come. I'm I'm okay. I mean, you know, I don't technically work for Beachbody anymore. I mean, my 20-year journey with them is come to a close i'm an ambassador for the organization because there's a lot of things that i love about them and i still want to be able to you know i still want to be able to support what they do but now i work for for gaium yoga and fit tv i work for golden hippo doing my own supplements i'm starting my own fitness equipment line my own clothing line doing a workout for for baby boomers you know i'm working on this tv show where i'll be traveling around the world for six months will every one of those things be as huge as p90x probably not you know, will they will they be failures? Twenty four, five, and six? Well, maybe. But it doesn't mean I don't just keep showing up. You know. And I, but fortunately for me, at, at sixty one, I've got the right people in my life. I've got the right manager. I've got the right assistant. I've got the right partners. We're all on the same page. You know, we we we. It's not like I'm button heads with anybody right now. There's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement behind a lot of these projects. These are people that I've worked with before that I trust that aren't trying to gouge me, you know what I mean? So it's an exciting time, but I'm prepared, you know, to fall on my face on one or two of these things and I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. Failure is most definitely part of the process. And I, you know, I'm a big believer that as long as you are able to perceive the, you know, the lesson that's within it or the piece of advice that's within it, that's what truly does determine the outcome. So I appreciate you sharing that. I think it's a message that a lot of us consistently need to hear, even if we already know it, it, it's always good to have that refresher. So on the topic of advice and lessons and things of that nature, I have to ask, what was the best piece of advice you've ever received?
1: You know, that's similar to the question that I get quite often. Is like, you know, who were your mentors growing up? And I didn't have any. You know what I mean? I just didn't have any. You know, my dad was on the road a lot. My, a lot of the coaches, you know, I was on the football team in high school and a lot of other, you know, tennis coaches and people like that. Um, just didn't have the time and patience for the, for the sensitive little kid that I was. You know, I didn't need to be beat up and, and tortured and berated uh, to get better. That's just not, I didn't, that didn't resonate with me. And if you look at P90X and my style and my technique, you know, I'm a combination of different things depending on, on where we are in the workout and which workout we're doing, but it's pretty encouraging. We use, I use a lot of humor just to kind of keep people from, from wanting to, to bail, right? That's the reason why, you know, so many people, hundreds of thousands lost so much weight and got so fit is because I was, I was atypical, Compared to a lot of teachers and, and coaches and trainers and mentors, you know, uh, a lot of the lessons that I got were out of the personal development books that I that I read. You know, I think about Richard Carlson's "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff," Gary Zukov's "The Seat of the Soul," you know, the Magic Lamp, Keith Ellis's Magic Lamp. You know, I got a lot out of some of the some of the Tony Robbins stuff in the early days. Um, you know, it was it was you know the the the, the Tao of Inner Peace. You know, there were all kinds of different books that I was reading, uh, and, and that was really it. It was a kind of a collection of all of those things and practicing those things, and whatever resonated, I would I would use and I would keep using, and then I would sort of morph it into you know whatever I needed. And a lot of the a lot of the, you know a lot of those books had things that didn't resonate with me, and I just ignored that stuff. I go, oh, that doesn't really apply to me. That applies to a a, a mom who lives in Iowa with three kids. That's a different lesson, and that lesson isn't for me. And so that's what that's what it was. Uh, You know, uh, it would be really hard for me to pinpoint one thing, you know, that would that really changed everything. Um, uh, But it's really a combination of a lot of different things, you know, which which grade, which grade was the best grade when you're going through school? (laughs) Pretty good, (laughs) you know.
0: Yeah no totally I totally get it so let me reverse engineer that question how about this have you ever received a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear but it proved to be true over time and a perfect example is my parents always you know telling me hey matt you got to do your homework you got to you know do your whatever, you got to study and all that shit. And next thing you know, I mean, I didn't get into high school. I got kicked out of two high schools, then failed out of college. So uh, obviously their advice proved to be true. So again, you know, did you ever receive a piece of advice that you didn't necessarily want to hear or, you know, maybe it was unsolicited. And next thing you know, it proved to be true anyway.
1: Yeah. I I would say, I would say a friend of mine, uh, a client of mine, actually, who was a friend as well. um, His biggest thing was, you know, and this is how we use serve the ball back. You know, if somebody serves you the ball, serve it back. If they serve it to you, then, you know, then you, there, there's got to be this rally that's got to go back and forth until you've exhausted the point. You know, and I am mean, it's a tennis metaphor, but it, it, it's like some people will serve the ball and they'll serve it back and then you'll be like, oh. And then, you know, it's all about follow through. It's all about, there's so many entrepreneurs with ideas and they don't, they don't, they, I don't, they have these, these uh, incredibly ambitious expectations for how it's all supposed to go. And it's funny that you use the, the word reengineer. You know, I talk about it in my book. If you're going to climb Kilimanjaro, right? So, you know, reverse engineering anything is really a nice way to do it because it, it sets up a... a a possible pattern that you can follow, even though that maybe you don't have any advice about how to do it from anybody else. I see myself on the top of Kilimanjaro holding a flag, taking pictures, all right? That's your day, your, your final thing. Like, what did the day before look like? You know, you were probably making your way to the summit, you're unpacking your tent, you're eating some food, you know, what it looked like the day before that, the day before that, what it looked like at the bottom of Kilimanjaro, you know what I mean? Do you have your stuff ready? Or do you need a Sherpa? Who are the people with you? Um, and then you re- re-engineer it all the way to the point where you say, okay, I want to go climb Kilimanjaro. What's the, what, so there's probably some training involved, some phone calls, some emails, some, some websites that you've got to check out, flights, you know, there's all these things that you've got to do. And then you just got to make sure that you find the right people who've been there before and you can ask them some questions so you, so you don't go blind. Like there are people that, you know, show up at the base of Mount Everest who've never have zero climbing experience, and just, you know, they hope to God that they're going to stand up there with a, you know, with a photograph, and the Sherpas did all the damn work, and a lot of those people die, you know, and so the idea here, I guess it's a long-winded version of saying, how do you reverse engineer success, and even though you can read, you know, you can, you can write all that out, and you can make some kind of general prediction, there's going to be so many instances where you just didn't predict what was going to happen. I mean, a friend of mine who actually went to Kilimanjaro, somebody loosened up a a hundred pound rock that rolled down the hill and smashed his big toe halfway up. And so he had to make a decision at that end. That wasn't part of his plan. You know what I mean? So he had to, to, they had to cut off one of his shoes and you know, the front of his shoe and he basically climbed Kilimanjaro with an open, exposed boot um, and managed to get to the top. It wasn't as pleasant as he would have liked it, but he still made it. Right. So, um, Yeah, the thing I think you know, the big thing is the advice I got from my friend Ben was. You know, it's going to be a lot harder than you think. It's going to take a lot longer than you think. And you're going to have to ask a whole lot of questions. And it's going to be a bunch of bumps in the road. But just with, if something, something, an email or a phone call or a meeting comes your way, what is it you can do to serve it back to them? You know what I mean? And it's going to come back to you. And it's going to be this process of back and forth and back and forth. You know, for example, I got a phone call at 3 o'clock uh, about this piece of fitness equipment that I've fallen in love with that I want to promote. and and and, and we're going to put my, you know, tony horton fitness logo on it and try to sell it online and other means you know and so um the, our first convert and, and we haven't even we don't have them out there we we we, we just signed the contract uh last week and we've been in talks for six months six months this all started like hey, the first phone call was six months ago and now we finally have the manufacturer we have all the all the artwork and the next step is, what color should it be? How many units should we make? Um, what's, how much should I invest? How much should they invest? And what's our media strategy for getting these out to the world? You know, so that's just, things take time. I mean, the, the advice was things take a long time and you gotta keep serving the information back and forth to each other. And, and don't quit just because something got hard. You know, that would, that would be a bummer.
0: Yeah, certainly, you know, you definitely serve the ball back. I love that analogy. I appreciate you sharing that. Now, Tony, what's a question you wished more people would ask you and how would you answer it? Holy smokes, man.
1: Well, you know, what you've done is you've asked me some questions I haven't gotten before, you know, and I've done, I don't know how many of these things, hundreds of these, you know, various interviews, whether it be on a morning news show or a, or a, a video blog or a podcast or a, you know, whatever. And it's the same, same 20 questions and it gets a little bit old. You know, for example, I liked your question, like, what is, what is success in your, you know, in your opinion? And I don't get that question very often. Um, and I appreciated that one. Um, it really is balance and joy and happiness. Like I always, like when I do my public speaking gigs and I get up in front of, I don't know, as many as 10,000 people, um, it always comes down to joy, happiness, and laughter. And people don't, you know, that that never comes up. Like what brings you, what brings you joy? What What's important to you? Like what makes you happy? Uh, And it's always about, you know, how much money have you made or, you know, what success is always in this day and age, success has really become about stuff and money. And, and, and I'll tell you, having trained wealthy celebrities for decades, you know, I'd walk into these, you know, I'm not going to say who's who, but a very small percentage of these folks were truly happy that I could tell. You know, it seems to me that of all the people that I've met that have been financially successful, they're the most unhappy. They're the ones in therapy. They're the ones that have an eating disorder, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, and, and especially now, there are, you know, if you look at uh, podcasts in general, there are conversations with people who are successful and people listen, listen in to see what nuggets they can take away so they can borrow some of those nuggets so that they can become successful but you know, if somebody comes along and says it ain't about any of that stuff, even though you think it is, hey, I like having nice things. I like having a house in Jackson Hole so I can go there and ski. You know what I mean? Not to say that you know, I, I have a friend of mine who sold his company. He, you know, he sold his company, made seventy million bucks, and he drives a fifteen-year-old car, wears worn-out sneakers, and lives in a tiny little place. And it's like, wow, man, why don't you get yourself a new car and some new shoes? And he doesn't care, man. His thing is going on. 20 mile runs and, and listening to music and, and still representing the company that he sold because he really likes what he does. And, and he seems to have, he seems to have his act together so much more than somebody, so some many other people who are, you know, who are, who got five cars in the driveway and never drive three of them and have to pay insurance on them. And then one of their kids cracks them up and you know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah, more money, yeah. more problems, you know? So it's back to balance again. You know what I mean? I hear that. And by the way, if I knew what that question was, I'd tell somebody, but I I really don't know what the specific question would be. I'll have to think about that.
0: No, for sure. Listen, that that was a great answer regardless. And I'm definitely grateful that I've been able to ask you some questions that you haven't heard before. That's always good to know. And one more question for you, Tony. Like I said, I want to respect your time here. If someone came up to you seeking a piece of advice to help them achieve their own definition of success, what would you tell them?
1: Well, you know, I can only give an answer based on my own personal experience, and, and that is, if you truly want to be successful, in my opinion, you got to get back to the foundation of what made me successful. Because I think that's happened. I've I've seen it over and over, over again. You know, you don't have to take AP classes, or you know, go through personal development seminars, or or you know, uh, go back to grad school. Um, I mean, you know, you describe yourself as a kid who got you know, didn't do well in school and I was the same thing. I was a C-minus student with a speech impediment who didn't graduate from the University of Rhode Island. I'm still six credits short, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's one way to measure success you know, your level of education, but I know a lot of PhDs who live in a studio apartment with a view of the train station, you know what I mean? So it's about, it's about figuring out how fit and healthy you can make yourself so that you have the the foundation required to give yourself the enthusiasm and energy to pursue your purpose.
0: Put that on a
1: t-shirt. That's it. Exercise, eat right, you know, rewire who you are from the inside out, from your tiptoes to the inside of your Temporal lobe of your brain, and that's going to give you the energy and enthusiasm to to pursue your purpose. Fit, healthy people, their odds go way up. A lot of people get by on, you know, they get by on intellect or they get by on connections or they get by on a lot of other things, but they suffer too much. You know what I mean? They suffer too much because, you know, I, I met with a gentleman, very, very wealthy gentleman just the other day uh, about a couple of projects and, and he's just so smart and so ambitious and, and extremely successful, but he's easily 80 pounds overweight. And in the course of our conversation, I mean, we're just standing there in my dining room and he's sopping wet. Just sitting there and the air conditioning is on. You know what I mean? I mean, for him just to hang out and stand up and have a conversation. I mean, here he is working so hard. I don't see I don't see him making 50. It just, you know, the odds are so against him. So what's it all for? You know what I mean? I mean, you know, you can have certain kinds of success and hang out with some VIPs and some A-list celebrities and have a bunch of money in the bank. But man, you can't even stand up and have a conversation without getting into a, going into a flop sweat. That's just, that's just too bad. And so what's it all worth? Start with what you control what you put in your mouth and whether you move and then everything else is a whole lot easier. And then you'll be able to, to enjoy it, you know, into your seventies, eighties and nineties and not feel like, you know, you got to move into the convalescent home before your time. That's, that's, that's my, my opinion of, that's the advice I'd give.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And that's spot on. That's actually very unique advice as well, because we have not heard that before. So I appreciate your perspective on that. Now, Tony, I have to let you let everyone know where can they keep up with you? Where are you on social websites? I know you mentioned special projects. I know you have the Paragon experience, the clothing, the fitness equipment, any books, where can people get all this stuff?
1: I, you know, I mean, I could give you every, I could give you my, my Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter, but you just go to Tony dot com. you know, my name, the word life.com. And, you know, there are various tabs there, click them and they'll, they'll tell you where to go and how to find me. And, and, you know, I mean, I've got the challenge groups on Facebook, people who are two different ones, ones called, uh, the Midsummer Dream Team. The other one's called X Marks the Spot. A lot of really amazing people in those challenge groups, and you know, you just go in there. You you asked to participate, and there's so much support in there if you're struggling with your with your health and your wellness. And then the Paragon events. The one the the August one now is is sold out. That's going to be in a couple of weeks. And we've got and we take only 28 people, and people come in from around the world. And it's a it's a Three-day immersive event. You know what I mean? There are uh, health and wellness tutorials, and we're working out twice a day, and we get private screenings at Soho House for some films. And you know, it's just a really unique experience. You know, you put down the, the basic fee, and and you never pull your wallet or purse out again. You know what I mean? We we take care of you. We feed you uh, every step of the way, and um, you know, we have, you don't know, have to pay for your flights and stuff. So check check us out on, on TonyHortonLife.com. We're gonna try to have three a year. We had one in March. It was a huge success. And those are just fun. That's here at my home. We're here in my town, at my home, with the, some of the best experts in the world, uh, sharing uh, with, with all of you what we know. And um, it's been a real blast. And then, of course, you know, we got our annual ski trip in Jackson Hole, TonyHortonLife.com. If you like to ski or snowboard and you want to do some yoga too, uh, we hang out there in my favorite hill. Uh, and it's one of the you know, most amazing places on God's earth in Jackson
0: Hole, Wyoming. And uh, so you know, just
1: check it out. You can find me anywhere and everywhere at Tony Horton
0: life. I love it. I love it. Tony, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm absolutely grateful for this opportunity to amplify your message here. You added a ton of value. So I just want to say thank you one more time.
1: Hey Matt, you the man and I'm glad to help. And that was fun. And thanks for asking some different kind of questions. Uh, it made it fun for me. So
0: of course, thank you, thank you again, Tony. I appreciate you. And there you have it from Tony Horton himself. Before getting into anything, Tony, shout out to you, man. You absolutely crushed this. You kept it as real as possible, and that is what we absolutely love. So shout out to you. You helped make this episode gold with all of the golden nuggets you left within here. So much actionable advice from a business, from a health, from a wellness, from an exercise standpoint. Really, really grateful to be able to amplify your message and really grateful that I'm able to amplify it to all of you that are tuned in in right now. Man, this episode, this episode's hitting. For real, this episode is great. Now, I want to dive into a few key points as I always do after every conversation, after facilitating every conversation we have here on Decoding Success. I wanna dive into just those few points in a little bit. I wanna make sure that you're connecting with Tony. He has amazing opportunities for you to get in proximity of him, literally workouts at his freaking house, ski trips, everything in between, make sure you head over to his website, make sure you check him out on social, you'll be able to find all of the social links, all of his website links in the show notes of this episode now, with that said, I do want to talk about those few points and it's really hard to just name a few, I try and stick to three, but I'm looking at my notes here and this happens to me every single conversation that's facilitated on this show every single time, I have trouble only picking three this was a tough one, but I want to start off with how to start prioritizing things in your life. Now, Tony mentioned this when it comes to how to prioritize exercise and fitting exercise into your schedule, right? But the advice that he gave is actionable advice for prioritizing anything in your life. So there's three points that you need to have here. Number 1 is why. What is the purpose of you doing this? Right? And in the sense that Tony was mentioning, he said if it's egotistical, it's never going to last. And I really really like that because I look at examples in my life and I realize that every time I did something and that was driven by ego, which Isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world because ego is kind of part of the hierarchy of needs in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? It's a part of that in some way, shape, or form, but your why should be something deeper, something deeper than just ego, right? Just because you want a chiseled six pack doesn't mean you're gonna stick to your freaking workout plan. So the three points are why, knowing your purpose planning how you are going to take actionable steps to achieve your purpose, and three, being accountable as fuck. Now, Tony also mentioned that he has accountability partners which are his friends who work out with him. Now, on the topic of that, he also mentioned proximity and your circle. And being in proximity of someone that is... And we actually put out episodes on this as well, so you've heard this from me multiple times. Now, wow, I just got a freaking deja vu. I just got to mention that. I don't know how I got this deja vu, but I just got a deja vu, so I know I'm in the right place at the right time. Now, proximity, your circle. Man, this is so freaking important. You do not want to be around people that are not serving you, that are not serving your purpose, that are not serving you or fueling you or pushing you or pulling you. Whatever the case is, make sure you your circle. Make sure the people you are surrounding yourself with are people that are beneficial to your life. They are assets, not liabilities. That is huge. So I'm going to talk about some more points here. And I guess this is really the most, I don't want to say basic It's really the biggest takeaway is how important it is to take care of yourself, literally take care of yourself. You know, Tony mentioned the example of the gentleman that is very financially well-off, very financially successful, yet his health on the other end of the, the pendulum is not so much in the same realm as how financially well-off he is, right? His health is in lack. And you need to be more overall well-rounded. And listen, I'm talking to myself here too because I'm, I'm using currently the excuse of a calf injury to not do as much as I, I can. That doesn't mean that I can make an excuse saying, hey man, just because your calf hurts doesn't mean you can't train chest, back, whatever else there is, right? It's, it's really important to make sure you're taking care of yourself. And I mean that because I want you to be able to achieve your greatest potential. And if you're not taking care of yourself on a physical, on a mental level, how are you gonna be able to be here long enough to reach that full potential? It's really, really important. And listen, it it helps you perform at a higher level too. You'll be able to reach that potential and then reevaluate your potential or recalibrate that potential to keep going even further. I think that's really important. I just wanna mention that. Lastly, last point that I'm gonna make here is finding what helps you thrive in life and not just survive in life. Man, I can go on for days about this because it is so complicated. Common for us to go into survival mode because listen, at the end of the day, going all the way back to freaking lions and tigers and bears, oh my, holy shit, there's a human now. That human had to survive, right? He was in survive mode. He wasn't necessarily in thrive mode. Think about it. That human, the first human that encountered a freaking live tiger or a live elephant, or a live whatever, he had to find a way to fucking survive against these motherfuckers. I think that it's so important to understand that it's in our nature to want to survive and not necessarily thrive, but you have the ability, you have the power, you have the choice to either thrive or survive. So knowing you, knowing that you're listening to a freaking podcast, I already know that you want to thrive in life. You don't want to just survive. So with that said, I want you to find what makes you thrive, who makes you thrive, why it makes you thrive and not the things that just make you survive I think that's really important so again those three points are I actually named four shit I have four written down first one is how to prioritize second is proximity which is a repeated thing on this show a repeated topic a repeated element that we hear over and over and again and it's so important to understand continuously reevaluate your circles on a three-month basis whatever works for you it's really important thirdly I was gonna say secondly thirdly take care of yourself it sounds quite basic but underlying the underlying factor here is really really important and lastly find what helps you thrive in life and not just survive now listen if this episode if tony's insights if his experiences his values his lessons learned all things of that nature if this was a value to you and i know these golden nuggets have been of value to you so with that said what i'm going to ask you to do kindly share this with someone right you have the opportunity to impact someone's life which is monumental at the end of the day as humans we're all cycling psych- wired to want to help other people you have the opportunity to do so in an unsolicited manner which will come as a surprise and which will represent how grateful you are for the individual you share this with so seriously technology makes it so easy to share these episodes all I'm asking you to do is share it with one person make sure you're spreading Tony's good word make sure that you're uplifting the people that you're in proximity with right because other people evaluating their circles So it's really important for you to be of value to everyone that you can be of value to. So like I said, just make sure you're sharing this with at least one person today. That would mean the absolute world to us here at Decoding Success, and I promise you it would mean the world to the person that you're sharing it with. On top of that, if you have not left a rating and review for this show, we are striving to hit 200 before the end of the year. We are getting close, and you have the ability to help us hit our goal. You have the choice, you have the power, you have the ability, as I mentioned, it would mean the absolute world to us if you could do that as well it takes less than 30 seconds and listen I'm not even asking for a five star review. I'm literally just asking for any review because I genuinely want to be able to improve this show. We genuinely want to be able to improve this show here at decoding Success. So any feedback, drop it literally drop it even if you hit us up personally, any way that you could leave that review would mean the absolute world to us. So lastly if you want to connect with me on social which you should because I want to connect with you on social. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook at M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-S. Matt Lebrie on Facebook and LinkedIn. Lastly, again, shout out to our partners, Jen, M, and Audible. You can find them or their links in the show notes of this episode. And until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.